Well, good morning, everyone. How are you? Go ahead and slap somebody a high five and tell them that they are welcome. Come on. Now. Oh, come on. Welcome, 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 welcome. All right. So for those of you that don't know me, I am Pastor Jose. I'm the lead pastor here, and we're excited to have you here with us today. Today was an interesting day. Let me tell you how the day started for us, first service. We're about to open the doors. The AC goes out. It is hot in here. It was an experiment in what hell feels like. <laughs> it was just muggy. Let me stop. I'm, you know, as preachers, we exaggerate everything, you know. No, I'm kidding. It, it was hot, and I got on the phone. I called our AC guy, and he's like, hello? I'm like, brother, I need you here right now. He's like, bro, you know I live in Monroe. I said, get here. He says, I'm on my way. He comes in. Middle, middle, right, right in the beginning of my sermon, I'm preaching, and all of a sudden, I feel this cold wind, and I swore it was the Holy Spirit. It was the air. <laughs> but it was all good. You know, it's been an interesting day, but you know what? It, I'll tell you why it's a, a good day. It's a great day, and it's an interesting day. Not because we have an announcement. I know, I've, I know many of you have been hearing for several weeks now. We have a big announcement today, and it's probably why you said, I can't miss this Sunday, and I thank God for you being here. But it's a big day. And the big announcement, well, not the big announcement, but we have an announcement every week. It's Jesus crucified and raised again. It's God drawing unto men and loving people and, sh- and giving the, the, the life-giving message of this gospel and its transformative power in and through our lives. Amen. So I hope you're always excited about that. But over the last several weeks, we were on a series that was entitled This or That. And it was about choices. It's about choices. And one of the points that I made in that, in that series as, uh, throughout the several weeks that we were in it was that choices are life-altering. You never know when a choice is going to change the course, the direction of your life. Well, I'm here to tell you that today is a life-altering, course-defining day. And you'll, you'll hear why in a second. So today we're starting a new series entitled, Why Not? Why Not? And we're going to be going beyond the question, Why? We're called to live a life in faith and by faith. Listen, this isn't my idea. This is God's idea. This is what God invites us to. Living a life in faith calls us uh, to going beyond that which is seen and known to our natural eyes. And so Hebrews 11.1 in the Amplified Version puts it this way. It says, now faith is the assurance. And it defines for us what that assurance is. It says it's the title deed. It's the confirmation. I want you to see what your faith is. Your faith is the very thing that guarantees what God's word declares. Your faith. Not what you do. Not how you act. Not how you behave. Your faith in God. Not your faith for things. Your faith in God. And so it's the assurance, it's the title deed, it's the confirmation of the things that we've hoped for. It's divinely guaranteed, the Bible says. And then it goes on to say, and it's the evidence of things not seen. It's the evidence. It's the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as a fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. I'm going to say that again. Faith comprehends. Faith functions as a fact, what, uh, as a fact, what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. And so you see, once you start living in faith, here's what happens. You'll find that it doesn't come without questions along the way. Just because you're standing in faith, just because you believe in God, does not mean that questions of doubt don't arise. Questions like why, what, who, How, when, what if, can I, will I, is it possible, how's this going to work? So today we're diving into a new series entitled, Why Not? And what we'll be exploring and seeing from God's word, what God's word is going to be addressing for us in the next several weeks is the answer to the questions that arise for us in the midst of a faith in God that beckons and it invites us beyond that which is seen. It invites us beyond that which is common. It invites us beyond that which is known in our natural senses. While we all entertain questions like who, why, what, when, how, will I, can I, is it possible? The truth is this, that God's response, as we'll see over the next several weeks, is why not? You can. You will. 
it is possible. I've called you. I've equipped you. I've empowered you. That's the God that we serve. And so it reminds me of a very personal story in the scriptures, an occurrence, an actual occurrence in the scriptures. And you'll see why I say it's very personal to me. It's directly from the life of a man named Caleb. Caleb was a mighty man of God. He wasn't one that was without his own questions to face or his own mountains to conquer. The first time we ever encounter Caleb in the Bible is in Numbers 13. And at this juncture, at this stage in Caleb's life, Caleb is 40 years old. And Caleb is, 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 uh, is a leader amongst his tribe, the tribe of Judah. He's a chieftain. He's one who's responsible for the oversight and to respond for the people of Judah. And so at this stage in his life, it's been about five years since they've left Egypt, according to Bible historians. And so in the midst of this moment, it's been about five years since they've left from a place of enslavement, a place of captivity, a place of hardship, and they're journeying towards a place that God has called them to. But here's what happens. They get to the point where they're about to enter into a promised land. It's a place of victory. It's a place of fruitfulness. It's a place of blessing. And so Moses, under the inspiration and direction of God, says to Caleb, Joshua, and ten other unnamed spies, he says to ten other uh, chieftain leaders, he says to them, guys, I need you guys to go into the land that we've been promised. And what I want you to do is I want you to go and spy it out. I want you to see what the promise of God is. We know what the promise of God, but I want you to go see the fruit there. I want you to go see the people there. I want you to go see the buildings that God has promised us, the cities that he's given us that we had nothing to do in building. I want you to see the vineyards that he's given unto us, the fruitfulness. And so the people, these these. Twelve chieftain leaders get together and they start to journey towards this land. And the first place that they're journeying towards is a land called Canaan. But in order to get to Canaan, they've got to go through this rugged mountainous terrain that leads them into a place called Mount Hebron. And from Mount Hebron, their journey would take them all the way to a place called Riyadh. And what you might not know about this is that this was rough ground. It took effort. It took exerting themselves. It took them journeying through some perilous times, some difficult situations. And so while they're on this journey heading there, they're seeing the land. They're actually coming through the backside of Canaan and getting a view of the entire land. And you would think, man, what a great thing. What a great promise of God. Look at all this land. But the Bible tells us that two stories were developing while they're journeying through these mountains. One story is made up of ten guys, ten leaders, ten men of God. Ten people called to lead these people, to be an example, to glean the wisdom of God. And these ten people look and they see the same thing that Joshua and Caleb see. What they see is giants. See? The very first place that they get to as they're going through Mount Hebron on their way to Canaan is this. It's a place called Anakim. Anakim was known for the people that dwelled there, which were referred to as the Anakites. These people were giants. They were unusually large people. And these people were fierce warriors. As a matter of fact, they were so big that their walls that they built around this place, Anakim, Within the, within the land of Canaan, the walls were so large because these people were so large themselves. And the reason why this first place was important and it became vital for them to see and to spy out was because this was the first place that they would have to encounter their greatest battle. Their greatest battle. They would have to defeat the Anakites. And so... Up until this point, the people of Israel and these 12 men were not without great example or promise from God. You see, up until this point, these people had seen some great things happen. Maybe some, like some of the great things God has done in your life. See, these people left a place of slavery. 
These people left a place where their minds were once determined by the slavery that they were under, by the hardships that they'd grown to know for over 400 years from generation to generation to generation. Their minds had adapted to a slave mentality, to a life of hardship. You might say, well, that was them. Listen, we do that too sometimes. We focus so much on our past that we can't see the promise of God. And so here we are in the midst of this. And these people were a people who had seen God part the Red Sea for them. Part the Red Sea and not only part the Red Sea, but but did it in such a way that they would cross on dry ground. And so, and, and then in the midst of them crossing, what they saw behind them was their past destroyed, obliterated. Their slave masters completely done away with. That's what God does for us, isn't it? These people walked in the desert all this time. And the Bible says that God provided a cloud by day to protect them from the sun and keep them cool. And at night, as they journeyed in complete darkness, God led them by a pillar of fire that kept them warm and provided a path where nobody else had one. The favor of God upon them. These people saw great miracles. These people saw the tabernacle built. They saw their enemies defeated. They, saw, they heard God speak. They constructed the Ark of the Covenant that where, where God's presence remained amongst them. But there ultimately comes a point, a time for them to enter and possess their promised land. Up until this point, you're probably just hearing this from a standpoint of that's their story. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just start off by saying this to you. It's time for you to take possession of your promised land. I'm going to say that again. It's time for you to take possession of your promised land. It's time for you to stop settling for your past. It's time for you to stop settling for hardships. It's time for you to stop settling for things that you've adopted in your mind that are contrary to the word of God. Because God has not called you to defeat. God has called you to live a victorious life. You're a kingdom kid. And in the kingdom, we enjoy the benefits of the blessing of God upon our lives. And so at this time, Caleb is 40. He's a tribal leader when, God, when, when, when Moses sends him out. And two tales were developing. You see, these 10 spies, these 10 leaders are looking down the same terrain as them, climbing the same, going, going on the same journey. But as they're looking at this place of Canaan and Anakim, what they're saying is, why do we have to leave? Why can't we just go back to Egypt? We were better there. Why do we have to leave our comfort zone? Why do we have to, why do we have to trust God in this? Why do we have to step out on a promise? But there's another tale at play at the same time. One that's unfolding. And one that I believe is unfolding in your life too. As you continue to seek after God wholeheartedly. There were two men... One called Joshua, the other one called Caleb. And they, on the other hand, believed God at his word and declared and dared to stare down the questions, the doubts, the fears, and responded in faith. Today I want to simply to look at Caleb's response to the same thing that these other ten men were looking at. The same thing that Joshua himself was looking at. Numbers 13 Verse 30 says this, it says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Tell you what's happening here. They come back from looking at this land. They come back from witnessing the promise of God. As a matter of fact, they've come back with fruit from the land, which is larger than anything they've ever seen. They believe, they know it to be true. And these 10 guys come and they go, it's really good. It is a land that flows with milk and honey, but we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. You know what they were saying? We're so small, we can't do such a big thing. And the people start getting wind of this. Listen, let me tell you something about faith. I'll tell you something about living in faith. I'll tell you something about trusting God. It does not matter how strong you stand in the word. 
if you keep company with people that speak contradictory to the word, there's a reason why the Bible says that bad company corrupts good people. It corrupts character. It corrupts faith. And so Caleb does the wisest thing. He says, stop, 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 stop. He says, we should go up and take possession of the land right now. For we can certainly do it. We can certainly do it. Look at Numbers 14, verses 7 through 9. This is Caleb speaking. He says, the land that we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. You know what he's not saying? He's not saying, oh, it's all right. He's saying, man, this is the best thing since sliced bread. It's better than that. It's God. Verse 8, he says, if the Lord is pleased with us. Let me just pause right there because he's not questioning if the Lord is pleased with them. You'll see that in a second. He says, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land. A land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. You know what he's saying? Don't contradict the promise. Don't contradict the call. Don't you dare look to the left or to the right. Don't turn away from what God has declared that we're called to. He says, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. He says, their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. While everyone else around him is saying, why do we have to go? What are we going to do? What if we fail? What if it doesn't work? Caleb's response is simply, why not? Why not? Why not? Why can't we go? In the face of fear, why not? In the face of what looks like limitations, why not? In the face of the challenges that we have amongst ourselves, why not? In the face of everybody else who tried it and couldn't do it, why not? Why not? Caleb asserts, he says to them, God is with us. He says, the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. He says, we will devour them. See, faith is our invitation to face the questions and challenges of life with God. And overcome them. The Bible says that our faith is our victory. That is our victory. You know why? Because faith is based in God. And God cannot and will not fail. His word will not return to him empty. So check out God's report of Caleb. Numbers 14 verses 21 through 24. says, nevertheless... As surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth. Not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times. Not one of them will ever see the land of promise on the oath, on, on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see. You know what this is simply saying? God is saying this. You can't enter to your promise if you're not entering in faith. You can't see the promises of God come to pass if you're not standing and approaching this solely by faith. And so he's referring to these 10 tribes that did not stand in faith, that trusted what they saw more than the word that God promised. And so watch verse 24. But because my servant Caleb... Has a different spirit. And, and follows me wholeheartedly. I will bring him into the land he went to. And his descendants will inherit it. You know what God's saying? Everywhere that you step your foot. On that journey that I sent you on. To see this good land that I'm promising you. He's saying everywhere you put your foot. It's yours and for those that are to come from your family lineage. God God said, look, I will not just impact your life. I will impact the lives of those that come after you. See, what made Caleb different than his counterparts, than all these other leaders, was that his trust wasn't in his ability. 
His trust wasn't even misplaced faith in the giants that he saw. No, his trust was in God alone. And as a result, Caleb had a promise from God that would prove to empower him to conquer and overtake that which God had given unto him by way of a promise. So let's fast forward here. 45 years later, at the age of 85, we find Caleb back at the foot of Mount Hebron. Now let me just pause right here. For some of us, this is our experience when it comes to faith. God's word says it. Father, I declare it. I believe it. Oh my God, it's only it's been a week already. Why isn't this working? Tell you something about faith. Faith is not restricted by time and it's not determined by time. If God said it, you can bank on it. It is done. Stand. Stand and keep walking your journey. So 45 years after stepping foot on Mount Hebron, Caleb Caleb finds himself an old man. Or so it would seem. He's 85 years old and he's back at the place of God's promise unto him. Can I just pause right here and simply tell you this, that you also have promises from God? Some of you, you have a promise from God and you're still waiting to see that come to pass. Can I say this to you with all confidence? Trust God. Stand. Keep walking that journey. Keep climbing. Don't worry about the obstacles that present themselves. God is faithful unto his word. You got a promise from God and you know it's from God, then you keep going. You keep moving because God will make it come to pass. And so at 85, most people are living on the downside of life. As a matter of fact, some people at the age of 55, 60, 65 already say, I'm retiring. I'm done. I just want to fish and live the rest of my days in peace. I don't want to work. I don't want to do anything. I just want to enjoy life in peace. Listen, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But let me ask you this. Are you planning your exit or are you planning the next stage of God's promises to come to pass in your life? See, not Caleb. At 85, Caleb was a different kind of person. Look at Joshua chapter 14, verses 6 through 14. Now here's what's happening 45 years later. They're marching on by. They've they've had many battles up until this point. Ten different tribes, that whole generation of people that doubted have died off. And God says, let's go guys, it's time to take this land. And they're marching by a familiar place. They're at the foot of Mount Hebron. They can see Rehab in the distance. They can see the giants that are still there. And listen to this. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions, according to my faith, according to the promise of God. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance. And that of your children forever. Because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since that time he said this to Moses. While Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today. 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me the hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You know what Caleb is saying? Give me my mountain. Give me my promise. Give me what the Lord has said is mine. 
You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as, as his inheritance. And so Hebron belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since. Because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Can I just simply say this to you? That the promise of God is enough to take your mountain. The promise of God unto you is enough to overcome Every battle, every word spoken over you, every challenge before you, everything from your past that haunts you. It is all possible when you got a promise from God. It is enough. It is enough. You know, this this particular portion of scripture is very personal to me. Because a little under a year ago. I found myself in all places at a place of promise. I had an encounter with the Lord. Let me tell you how how much of a word from God it was. I was at Dunkin' Donuts. Let me prove to you it was a word from God because he brews coffee. He brews it. He brews it. So I'm in Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm there for a cup of coffee, not realizing that I'm about to get a word from the Lord. It was July 2017. I step in to go get a cup of coffee. I'm getting my wife a tea. And I notice immediately that it is unusually packed in there. It's the middle of the week, mid-morning. I found it strange. So I walk in, but I, I immediately I just became keenly aware of the people that I was amongst. So I get online and I'm listening to people talk and I'm chit-chatting, you know, some small talk. And I'm there and all of a sudden I get to the, to, to the counter, I order my coffee. And they're backed up with orders, so I'm waiting there for a while. And I find myself at the sugar and napkin and all that other stuff, the amenities counter. And I'm leaning over and I'm just kind of looking outside Dunkin' Donuts and observing the people amongst me. And all of a sudden, the Lord brings me back to this portion of Scripture. And I begin to meditate upon the word of the Lord to Caleb. I begin to meditate upon his life. And I begin to realize that it's not just a cool Scripture I'm thinking about. God is speaking to me. And I realize something. The Holy Spirit was reminding me of something. He's telling me, son, you have not been called. Church at the bridge has not been called to be just a church that's in this city. We'd have not just been called to Christian activity. We'd have not just been called to be a space that houses people who happen to be known as Christians. But we walk in and we walk out with no impact. I've said this from the pulpit and you know this to be true directly from the word of God. That the example that we have from the word of God is that Jesus not only preached the gospel, but Jesus also gave them bread and fish and met people where they were. Jesus himself said... He says, the greatest among you will be the least of all. He said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. And so we as church at the bridge are not the common church. We're not the common gathering of people. And as I was reflecting upon this, I realized something. That we were called to be more than just another church in this city. And what I began to realize is this. Man, there's almost 30,000 people. Last time I checked, there was about 29,876 people in this city. Over 60% of it is Hispanic. Another 28% or so is African American. Another 11% is is Caucasian. And then a 1.5% or so is made up of everything in between. And this this city is is not without challenges. It's not without its own issues, just like anywhere else. But here's what I began to realize in the midst of this moment with God. I want you to think about this. Church at the Bridge today is comprised of more than people from the city of Newburgh, more than people from the town of Newburgh. We have people that come from as far as Nanuet, Stony Point, Pine Bush, Middletown, Monroe, Poughkeepsie, Fishkill, Wappingers, Beacon, Newburgh, Cornwall, all these places, all this gathering of the body of Christ, serving the Lord, loving the Lord, but not afraid to step out and serve and love people. I love what Jesus said. Jesus told the disciples after he was ascended, when he was about to ascend, he said to them, first, 
Start in Jerusalem. Start where you're at. Then go to Judea. Then go to Samaria. Then go to the outer parts and to the entire world. And so listen, whether you believe this or not, or you know this or not, I'm serving you notice and I'm telling you that this is our Jerusalem. This is where we start. And what we're seeing already is that this is expanding and it's the Lord. It has nothing to do with the preacher. It has nothing to do with the music. It has nothing to do with lights. It has nothing to do with some cool stuff. It's the Lord. And so here we are in the midst of all this. But because you're from many different areas, I'll ask you this question. If from all areas of the Hudson Valley, when they point and they talk about the problem area in this region, who do they talk about? God say it. Newburgh. Newburgh. And you know what I love? That the Bible says, God says that he takes the base things, the simple things. The King James puts it this way, the foolish things. But that, that's not, it's not talking about fools. It's talking about simple things. He says he takes the base, the simple things to confound the wise. To show everyone who thinks they have it together and know what they know, that he is God. Let me tell you something. You might look simple. You might not feel well equipped. But let me tell you something about who you are. Listen, you are the very vehicle by which God demonstrates that he is real, that he is good, and that his promises are true. And so I'm back at Dunkin' Donuts. In the midst of the book of Hebrews, experiencing it, getting a word from God. And I realized, Lord, this is bigger than anything I could ever conceive in my own mind. This is bigger. Back then it was, what, maybe 100 people? Something like that, a little over 100 people. This is bigger than us. This is bigger than our facility. This is bigger than the city. This is bigger than this region. Lord, this, my mind begins to race. And I have this moment and I realize, Lord, you're calling us to something greater. So after this mountaintop experience with God and coffee, I'm going to be transparent with you. I had a season where I faced some questions and I was frustrated. I was frustrated because my, my, my conversation with God became this. God, how am I going to do this? God, I need to figure this out. God, how, how am I going to bring this about? How is this going to, how am I going to make this happen? And I went through that season for about two, three months or so. And I'm in the midst of that. Hey, I'm just being transparent with you. Don't, don't let the pastor title fool you. All right. I'm, that, that's where I was at. Then one day, as usual, I'm outside doing my morning routine. Riley's, my dog, my, my lab is running around outside. I'm out there with a cup of coffee and I have this God moment. And as I'm talking to the Lord about this, the Holy Spirit says to me, who told you that I need you to do this? Who told you that my word is contingent upon you to bring it to pass? Who told you, when did you get so large that I'm still not God? And so at that moment, you know what I did? I repented. I said, Lord, your word is true. And Father, I'm turning around from this place and this space of thinking. This, this, this is contradicts your word. And Lord, I'm going to do the only thing I know to do. The only thing you've ever done in the midst of what you've called us to be. I'm going to start taking steps of faith. And I began to reflect upon where God brought us from. We started in our home, 12 people, January 5th, 2014. That lasted about three weeks. And then we ended up going to the Hudson Valley Hotel and Conference Center. And I'll tell you a quick story about this. We get there. I, 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 I go to speak to the owner, a gentleman named Hassan. Um, and, and he says to me, I believe in God too. I'm Muslim. And I said, great. Uh, can I talk to you? I need a space. Just started a church. I've got about 24, 30 people in, in this congregation. We just started. We're in my house. We don't fit. I need space. He gives me a number. And at that moment, that molehill looked like a mountain to me. And I said, I said, Hassan, we can't. We're just getting started. We can't pay for that. He says to me, everybody needs a place to worship God. And he says, you know what we'll do? He says, we'll go week after week and you give me what you can and we'll go as you grow. 
So we were in the Hudson, Hotel and, uh, Hudson Valley Hotel and Conference Center. This was our first room. That room seated about 40 people. We were there, and that lasted about three weeks, close to a month. That was the first service we did there. Right? And, and you want to hear crazy? We didn't have a sound system. We didn't have a projector. We had nothing. Right? All we had was a space. That Friday before that Sunday, I got a friend, I got a call from a friend, Kevin. He says, Hey, Jose, by the way, do you need a sound system? I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? He says, I've got this, this, he says, I've got this old soundboard. I've got these speakers. I've got all the cables. I've got microphones. I got all this. And I was just curious, you know, could you use it? Cause I know you said you're starting a church. I said, Kevin, how soon can I come get it? He says, how soon can you be here? I was there in like 20 minutes. I went and picked it up. That same day, I get a call from a big Jeff, one of our guys that does security, Jefferson Romeo. He gives me a call. He says, hey, uh, he says, Pastor, let me ask you a question. He says, do you happen to need a projector? Because I've been having one sitting in my basement for about a year and a half. I want to build a man cave, but I never got around to it. Could you use it? I said, absolutely. Now watch this. I show up Monday to take back the sound system. Kevin says, no, 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 Jose. Keep it. Hold on. Use it as long as you need. I said, well, what if you need it? He says, I'll rent one. I'll buy another one. Doesn't matter. Just use it. That sound system carried us all the way into this facility here. God is a good God. But you see, all we knew was faith. And so we took a step of faith. So then we, 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 we land at the Hudson Valley Hotel and Conference Center. We, that lasted about three weeks a month. Next, next slide, please. We go to the... Okay, that was the kids' room. They gave us an extra room when we got the first room for free. And that's where our kids were. And then we went to this room shortly after that. And that quickly grew. And it just began to grow and to grow and to grow. And we were gathering in this place. Sometimes we walk in there. It smelled like liquor from a party before. Sometimes we would walk in and there was the party, the dance floor. And then I'm like, guys, you got to break this up. This room is disgusting. Come clean it up. And we're running around trying to clean it all up and setting up sound systems and projectors and all this stuff. And in the midst of that, we were there for probably about a good five and a half, six months. And then I found, we found ourselves at another juncture of faith. It was one where we understood we no longer belong here. We knew it, but we just didn't know where to go. And so true to form, Lord, where are we going? And I'm looking everywhere but the city of Newburgh. And I'll be transparent with you. I, didn't wa- I wanted to be on the fringes of the city of Newburgh. I, I, in my mind, I didn't see it in the city. And I got to a point of frustration where I said, Lord, if it's in the city, then you got to show me it. True story, I don't have time to get into details. I'm driving right by here, and all I, all I hear the Holy Spirit say is, look to your right, right outside that building. I see a for sale sign, and I said, I cut the guy off who's coming in front of me. He almost hit me, right? I jump out the car. I see the sign. I can't look in, and the Holy Spirit says to me, this is your next spot. I call the owner. I meet with him the next day. The guy says to me, I got a $700,000 cash offer from a retired law enforcement professional. How much money you got? I said, I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you. And then he asked me a question that I wasn't expecting. He says to me, what's your vision for this city? And I said to him, John, I believe that God has called us to be more than just a common church. I believe that God has called us to touch this city. I believe that God has called us to specialize in working with youth and creating programs and opportunities where we have a facility that's more than just for Christian activity. I believe that we'll open our doors seven days a week and have programming and different things where people can come in, where they can access classrooms for GED and ESL. You might say, you might say why ESL? Why GED? Because over 60% of this, of this community is made up of Hispanic people that don't trust this community. You know why? Because they've been burned by people in government. They've been burned by the church. They've been burned by people all around us. And so, of course, they're going to be mistrusting. I said, Lord, to have, I said to him, we'll have classroom space. We'll have computer labs where people can come in and they can get career track uh, um, uh, education and help them to to build towards a future and access services and and do job shadowing and work with different people in the community and learn things and become self-sufficient and so here i am telling him all this and he gets on the phone and he says uh yeah uh, such and such listen uh i I just wanted to give you a call i know we were about to go into contract tell your lawyer not to call my lawyer uh we are I'm, i'm committed to a church 
and he leases us the building for peanuts. For peanuts. For peanuts. Don't tell me that faith in God isn't the way that we overcome. Don't tell me that. Because that's his word. That's the God we serve. And so we end up here, 90 Broadway. That was the day when I got the key, right? That right there, that's the glass. That, there was, that, that was wood that was painted because it had been shot out, right? This was glass and we, there was some black curtains and we walked in here and it was a hot mess. Well, you know what? We came in here. Realistically, it would have taken probably about six months to get this building going. We did it in six weeks. Six weeks. 15, 16 hour days. People like Edgar were here. Naomi, our, our different, di- di- our, our Annette over there, my family, different people that we just banded together and we said, we can do this. God is with us. We will devour them. And we came in here and we cleaned this place up. September, September 7th, 2014, we opened up here. That was all renovations, all that was going on. You can see how this place was being transformed. We were taking stuff down. We took out four tons of garbage here. We built out the the Bridge Kids department shortly after that, after we were in here. And listen, we just kept going because that's what faith says. Faith says move forward. Faith says do it. That was our first day, our first service, September 7th, 2014. Next slide, just just show them the pictures. That people were coming in here. Our chairs didn't even come. We were expecting them for that Thursday. And mind you, that was a step of faith. Of enough. You know how expensive chairs are, for, especially for Christians, comfortable ones? Jeez. Because, you know, as Christians, we want comfort. When I saw that bill, I was like, how are we going to do this? God said, tell the people. I told them in two days. You know what we did? We said, we need chairs. We had people said, I'll buy one and I'll buy five for somebody else. We had over 100 chairs in two days. They were ordered. So they didn't get here. And today, we're a congregation of people, a gathering of believers who trust God. And we're over 200 strong that come at 9 and 11 o'clock. And we gather in homes and we gather in the community. This is what we do, ladies and gentlemen. This is how God works in our lives. And so it's been a journey of facing questions and overtaking what seem like mountains along the way. It's been all by faith. It's all we know. And look, today, I can relate to this story, and I pray you can relate too, because the truth is that we all face mountains, but we also are all called to overcome them. Look, it's no secret that we're limited on space here. But where we find ourselves is not about making space for us, ladies and gentlemen. This is not about making more comfort for over 200 people that come here today. This is not about that. Yes, you figured it out. Yes, we're talking about a next step. Yes, that's what we're talking about. But this isn't about you. This isn't about me. This isn't about us. This is about expanding to the left and to the right. This is Isaiah 54 in action. Enlarge your tents to the left, to the right. Lengthen your cords. Don't put limits on what I'm calling you to. Because I have a plan. And so here we are. Limited in space. Why can't we just go to a third service, Pastor? Because it's not about us. Amen. What you may not know is that we open this facility. We do, we've provided dance space here for the Boys and Girls Club for electives. We've opened our door for seminars for people in the community. We've invited people. We've done all that. We do all that. Every nook and cranny of this building is used from the top to the bottom. But where we find ourselves is not about us. It's about making room for God's vision to touch this community and beyond. It's about raising a banner and making a statement that everyone can only come to this one conclusion. Look what God has done. Look what God has done. Look who Jesus really is. Look at what's possible. So God has given us a vision for more than Christian activity on Sundays. I wasn't going to mention this, but you know what? I'll go ahead and mention it anyway. Some of you may not even know what this is. But we are now in the process of establishing a community development corporation. Some of you might know what that means, but trust you me, it's a big step. And we're doing it. Because it will complement the vision that God has given us. 
It will allow us, it will give us further opportunity and further reach to serve this community. Where other organizations have come and gone. Where other people have come on their white horse looking like they're the Savior. Listen, we're trusting in the Savior, Jesus Christ, to raise a banner, to make a difference in this community and beyond. And so we're establishing a community development corporation. We're going to be establishing a youth leadership after school program academy where kids will have fields to run on and practice sports and learn the gospel and and learn about schooling and next steps in higher education and all these things and get some training along the way where the community can come in, not because of what they believe or don't believe, not because they're Christian or not, just simply because you're a person and you have a need. And because there's bread and fish here and because we'll love you regardless of what you believe or if you want to be here, we'll serve you regardless and we'll partner and go beyond the limits of other churches around here who just simply think about preaching, preaching, preaching and fasting and praying. Listen, we are doers of the word. As I said before, Jesus shared the gospel, but he also fed them bread and fish. He met them at their most basic need, and we also will do the same. Our next move as the people of God might seem like something insurpassable. Like an unsurpassable mountain to some of us here today. But it places us right at the foot of the mountain of promise that God has given us. I want to unveil to you and show you our next step as Church at the Bridge. tell you what the words of Jesus are in Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at the foot of a mountain and we're doing this. Let me just say this to you. We've formally submitted a offer on this facility and we're, we're garnering some real interest. We're working now with the realtors and in conversation. But I'm going to tell you what it's going to take for this facility. That building alone is 18,893 square feet. It's two floors. 
has an elevator. It, it's only eight and a half years old. This facility is it sits on 2.1 acres with 75 parking spots already available. But in addition to that, it's surrounded by another 11.8 acres. And we don't just want the building. We want it all. We, we want it all. And so we've made that very clear to the realtors. And listen, this is going to require some creativity to make this happen. We're approaching this in, this in the most uncommon way. And I know that the favor of God has gone before us, and I'm not worrying about it. So here's where we are. The, the facility alone on 2.1 acres is worth 1.8 million. That's what they're asking for. 1.8. That alone is enough to take your breath away. That, enough is, uh, that alone is enough to make people go, Oh my God, no, wait, wait. Wait, wait, why do we have to leave? Why do we have to go? Why can't we just go to third service? Why can't we do four services? Because God said. Because God said. But you know, since we started, since, since we started down this journey, and I've just been before the Lord and hearing from the Lord, what the Lord showed me is the way we're going to do this. And so today, I know some of you are thinking, oh, here we go, we're going to take an offering. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. I simply want to introduce to you a plan of how we're going to proceed forward with this. And listen, while we all face mountains and while we all face challenges and while we're all called to live by faith, what I'm saying to you is that the body of Christ functions as one in the midst of the greatest mountains. We're called to do this together. I, I got my orders from headquarters. Get out the way, Jose. This ain't about you. We're called to do this as a body. So here's how we're going to do this. Today, you're going to receive from our ushers one of these. Ushers, you can go ahead and start giving them. It's a brochure, and it gives you, it gives you some information on what we're, what we're doing. But inside of it, there's also something that's called a commitment card. It's a commitment card. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the next seven days and just get before the Lord. Do whatever you got to do to quiet down. Here's what I mean by that. Whatever serves as a distraction, whatever takes your time from the Lord, whatever, just get before the Lord and pray and look to his word and see what the Lord would have you commit to do towards this facility. Now, hear what I'm not saying. I am not saying, go look at your account and go, I can do this. I'm going to tell you why, because that doesn't require faith. That's based on your natural means. That's your ability. We're called to step out in faith. And so what I'm asking you to do is get before the Lord and see if the Lord would speak to you what you are called to do in partnership with God towards this great vision that he's given, not just for this community, but beyond. And then what I'm asking you to do is this. Come back next Sunday. Don't bring an offering for it. Don't bring an offering for it. Get before the Lord. Find out, Lord, what would you have me give beyond my tithes, beyond my offering? What is my step of faith here? Once you get that, come back next Sunday and bring this card. You're going to see that it's simply you making a commitment. You pledge. So you'll write down. For, for some of you, it could be 5000 For some of you, it could be 500 For some of you, it could be 50000 I don't know. Whatever the Lord puts on your heart. All you're going to do is bring it. Commit. Fill it out. Hey, by the way, there's even another step. If you've got real estate, if you've got property, if you've got things, that you, know, you can also do that. All that is, is net worth. All that is, is towards this vision. You'll have that option there as well. But bring it back next Sunday, filled out. Don't miss next Sunday. Don't miss the rest of this month. Matter of fact, don't miss the rest of this year. Watch, watch God work. Watch God work. Be here. Bring this back, fill it out. When you give your tithes and offering, just put it in the bucket with it. And here's what we're going to do. For the next two weeks after that, we will continue in a mode of prayer, in a mode before the Lord. We'll continue seeking God. You know how we do the daily devotionals? You get a text message or something. No, for the next three weeks on 7.05 in the morning, I'll be going Facebook Live and we'll just be doing a quick three, four minute devotional based upon what God is calling us to and just hearing from the Lord. So join us. If 7.05 is too early for you, we'll send you a text at 7 o'clock to wake you up if that's what you need. But join us, 7.05 a.m., Facebook Live. If you, if you haven't followed us, Church at the Bridge, facebook.com slash backslash ctbny. Just check us out. And so what we'll be doing is this. For those next two weeks after the 10th, 
We'll just continue in prayer. We'll continue joining via social media and, 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 and seeking the Lord. And then on the 24th, we're going to come back. And here's what I'm asking you to do. Based upon what you've committed and pledged to the Lord, not to Church at the Bridge. Based, beyond, based upon what you're, you've committed to do in partnership with the Lord, on the 24th, bring as much as you can towards that. Here's what I mean by that. If you pledge 10 grand, for example, 5 grand, whatever it is, on that day, the 24th, bring whatever you can towards that. Maybe it's 1,000, maybe it's 500, maybe it's 5,000, maybe it's the whole 10,000, whatever it is. Bring that. Because that Sunday, that June 24th, is going to be a first fruit service. And all we're going to do is we're going to bring it all together and we're going to dedicate it to the Lord. We're going to put it before the Lord. You know what we're going to do? We're going to take our two fish and five loaves and watch it multiply. That's what we're going to do. Bring what the Lord has put on your heart. Bring whatever you can towards it the 24th. And for those of you that have been around, here's what you know about us. We are faithful and just and committed to what the Lord calls us to do. We are on the up and up in every way here. And then from that point forward, what you'll see is, according to this pledge card, it says for the next 18 months after that, commit to give on a regular basis, above and beyond your your tithes and offering, an amount towards meeting the completion of what you've committed. Now, here's what you're saying. Wait, 18 months? I can assure you we'll be in that building before 18 months. But I'm going to tell you why it's going to require $2 million to do this. Because while we'll get in there for way less than $2 million, we need capital funds. We need those funds in order to be able to build out what we need to do. When you saw that video, you saw that there was this huge field with trees to the left of that building. We're going to clear that out and we want to put two fields there where kids can come and play soccer and run practice for free. We don't want to charge people nothing. Listen, this is the kingdom of God. It costs nothing to have people run on your field. So why not do it and say, by the way, while your kids are here, here's a youth leadership academy. By the way, while you're here, here's some free services and activities. We're partnering with these organizations. We're partnering with our local government. We're partnering with our county government. Here are resources for you. And by the way, above and beyond that, here's the key. Jesus loves you. Oh, come on. We could do better than that for Jesus. And so look, I am not asking any of you personally. I don't want to know your business. This is between you and the Lord. This is between you and God. And for some of us, maybe we're looking at this and going, O-M-G. You are absolutely right. Oh, my God. My God. You are our exceedingly great reward. Listen, if this is too big for your vision... Can I just say this? It's okay. It's okay. I'm going to tell you why. Because we serve a God that does exceedingly, abundantly, above, beyond what we ask or imagine. We serve a God who declares, listen, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered the hearts of men. What God has in store for those who love him, for, for, the, for his people, and for the region that they're in. And so get ready because here we go and here we grow. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's stand together today. I want to ask you to do something with us. I want you to just join hands with whoever's around you. If you could. Over here, Carol. I want you to just join hands. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We come to you in the precious and mighty name of Jesus, Lord. And Lord, we thank you because Lord, you haven't called us to participate. You've called us to partner with the kingdom of heaven, a kingdom that is limitless and is without boundaries in terms of the resources, the power, the purpose, the plan. Father, today we join together as your body, as your people, heeding to your word devoting ourselves completely unto you, seeking your face in gratitude, celebrating Jesus, celebrating what's to come. Heavenly Father, today, we thank you, O God, that as a body and as one, 
You've called us. You've privileged us to work with you, to follow after you, and to see a banner raising up, lifting up the name of Jesus unto this community and beyond. Lord, your word declares that if the Son of Man be lifted up, that you will draw all men unto you. And so today we lift our hands, we lift our hearts, we lift our minds with all our strength. And Lord, we say thank you. We say yes, Lord. We say we're taking our mountain, Lord. We're stepping out in faith. And we say, why not? Why not? Why not? It is possible. With God, we can. With God, it is. With God, it's done. And so, Lord, we praise you. We bless you. And we thank you for this. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus.